Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. I told the first service, man, I was like, you know, I can make a judgment call on whether we should just lay down and go to sleep. Uh, I don't know. I, yesterday, I actually, uh, I spent like literally like daylight to nearly dark. I planted 12 trees yesterday at my house. That was, an, that was a terrible idea before having to preach this morning. I woke up this morning, I'm like, what's wrong with them? Uh, it was just, it was ugly, man. Uh, so, but we made it. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to speak with you, though, all jokes aside. Um, I'll be honest, the, the last nine weeks, the, uh, the WOW series, I thought it's been incredible. Probably my favorite series we've ever done here at Golden Corner. Uh, I thought Ronnie's messages were on point. Every single week, it seemed like I got something out of the messages. Every single week, I walked away with something uh, that I knew was going to make a big difference in my life. Um, I thought the testimonies uh, were great. Y'all remember a lot of the videos of testimonies, but also the stickers out here getting to see, you know, all these individual little stories. There were several that I was like, man, I really want to know what that means. You know what I mean? Because I knew it meant something really important to somebody, you know, a moment where they, they saw God. And uh, I, last Sunday's message, though, really rocked my world. Um, if you don't, raise your hand if you were here last Sunday. All right, so good. A portion of you, that's cool. Uh, I don't have to really elaborate too much on that then. But basically, this was the gist of last Sunday's message. So we, we've been learning about these, you know, how to unleash the wow factor of God through prayer and through obedience. And, you know, and so Ronnie's really talked a lot about that. But last Sunday, the message was basically this. The wow factor is in our lives. These, all these wow moments that we've received are in our lives for a mission. And that mission is to share Jesus Christ with the world around us. In other words, so you experience these wow moments, you're supposed to, you know, this, this wow factor is in our lives so that we can share Jesus. In other words, the fact that he is present, he is active, and he is good. Does that make sense? So that was kind of the gist of last Sunday's sermon, and man, it just rocked me. It just had me thinking about, um, you know, my wow, my, my wow moments, and had I shared them the way I should have. In John chapter 4, though, what we see is an illustration of this point that Ronnie made. And I wanted to build off of Ronnie's message. Uh, last Sunday, and I really wanted to see if I could tell you guys, or you know, illustrate what this looks like um, when that happens. Does that make sense? So, let's start, let's just jump into the story right here. In John chapter four, Jesus, in his travels, arrives in a village called Sakar. Okay, everybody, wait. Good. All right, here we go. Seriously? Okay, good. Once he arrives in the village, Jesus, it says Jesus is thirsty. And so Jesus goes and he sits down at the well. Now, this was around midday. And so Jesus goes, he sits down at the well, obviously doesn't have anything to get him a drink of water, so he just sits there. Short time thereafter, really soon, uh, a Samaritan woman comes up to the well. She has her water jar. Now, just real quick, kind of like to step back and kind of hit this point really quickly. But this is not the normal time you go to the well to get a drink. Typically, people visited the well in the mornings and in the evenings. The only reason you went to the well during the middle of the day is if, uh, say, Jimmy, little Jimmy, knocked over the water jar, so you're out of water for the day, or you're looking to avoid contact with people, conversation, eye glances. See what I'm saying? So she's there at the well, and uh, she gets there, and Jesus looks at her and asks her if she would be so kind as to give him a drink of water. 
Now, this is where the story gets really cool because the woman, she is, she is astounded by this. And one of the reasons that she's really caught off guard by the fact that Jesus decided to speak to her because she could tell by looking at him that Jesus was a Jew and she is a Samaritan woman. And these are two groups of people who typically ignore one another. Am I going too fast? So these are two groups of people that typically ignore one another, but Jesus chose to speak to her. And even though she was obviously caught off guard by that, he just continues on, keeps on talking. And uh, the woman actually, she kind of she dances around. She's like, why are you even talking to me, da-da-da-da-da? And Jesus says, well, man, you should be glad I'm talking to you because I could offer you water, living water, and you'd never go thirsty again. And he was speaking of salvation here. He's speak, speaking of forgiveness of sins to her. And she's just, I mean, just imagine being in this woman's position. You're like, like, Jesus has now completely shifted away from asking for a drink of water and is now talking about what she needs. And which I think is so funny, because obviously he wasn't that thirsty. Maybe that wasn't the reason he was at the well to begin with. And so, Jesus just keeps talking to her about, uh, you know, about who he is and what he could provide for her. And the woman is just sitting there like she's trying to, you know, talk and she's trying to answer his questions and she's trying to figure out who this guy is and what he wants. And then it was so crazy in this story. It's my favorite part. Jesus decides that he's going to do something. And this is literally how I just imagine it. Jesus goes, you know what? This is obviously not going the way I'd anticipated going. Uh, and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Wow. So what did Jesus do? Read this verse with me. Uh, verse 16, chapter 4. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. So Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now what did Jesus just do? Anybody want to just guess? You can talk to me. Jesus just revealed things from her past, things that there's no possible way he could know. She knew there's no possible way this man could know this. Jesus just starts blurting out the personal, intimate details of her life. Do you think she was wowed by that? Do you think that was impressive? There was no internet. He hadn't read this junk on Facebook. He just knew it. She was wowed by that. But Jesus, he doesn't even stop. He just keeps pouring it on. He begins to tell her all this stuff, this complete stranger. He begins to tell her he is the Messiah, that he has come to save this world. But even more importantly to her that day, standing there at that well, he was there to save her. He wowed her so that she would hear what he had to say. Now I want to put you. I want, I want you to put yourselves in this in this place, okay? This woman's place. All right. So you just walked up to the well, getting a drink of water, normal day, and all of a sudden you run into a guy, and he just starts telling you all of this crazy stuff. He's talking about salvation, what he can do for you, and then he all of a sudden just starts telling you everything about you, Jeremy. That's what I would, you know, just imagine that he's just telling you all these, you know, all these details of your life, things that there's no possible way he could know. Now, what are you going to do? Most of the time, I t I'll just be honest with you. This is what I thought. I thought, man, I would just, I would just, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do. I would just sit down and just be like, okay, what do you want? You know? And, but look at what this woman did. 
Uh, read verse 28 with me. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Where is she going? Jesus, the Messiah, just, you know, telling her, telling her that he is the Messiah, just impressed her by just telling her everything about herself. And this woman's first inclination, first thought, is to go running off and telling everybody else in the village about this guy. I, wanna, I mean, this is just, I just think this is a little odd because she could have stayed there. She could have sat down. She could have, you know, sat there and had a conversation and talked with him and everything, but she chose not to. She's like, man, everybody else has got to hear what this guy just did because he just told me all this stuff and he's a stranger and there's no possible way he could have told me that. That's just how I imagine, you know, that woman doing that. He might be the Messiah or something. Verse 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. And I want you to really pay close attention to that. Because what is she saying? She's, expla- she's uh, telling about the wow moment, right? Nothing more, nothing less. Literally just talking about the thing that impressed her the most about Jesus. Does that make sense? All she knew was that this guy had just told her everything she ever did, and she wanted to go tell other people, this guy told me everything I ever did, and there's no way he could have known that. It was that simple. Now I want you to see something. I want you to see this woman. It's important that you see the woman shared her wow moment. That's all she did. She just went to everyone that she could and told her wow moment. Now I want you to see what happened because she shared her wow moment. Read verse 30. So the people came streaming from the village to see him, speaking of Jesus. Now I want you to think about this. I want to make sure, man, I'm, I'm, I'm making this point as clear as possible, simple and clear. Jesus did something incredible in this woman's life. Simple but incredible. You know, he told her everything about herself. There was no way he could have known. The woman was wowed. She went and told her wow moment that what happened. People that she told her wow moment to came to see Jesus. Okay? They wanted to see for themselves who this guy was. They wanted to see if maybe he would wow them as well. You see what I'm saying? All right, now I want you to see what else happened. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus They came to believe in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Do you see how simple that was? She shared a wow moment. People came to see him. And because of that, people came to believe because they came to see him. Now, it doesn't get any simpler than that, right? I want you to learn these two points from this story. Jesus wowed her to win her. He did. Standing there, he was waiting there at the well that day so that because he knew that this woman was going to come and he was going to have a conversation with her. He was going to do something incredible right there in front of her. She was going to be wowed. And because he wowed her, he was going to win her that day. It's important that you know that. But not only did he wow her to win her, but Jesus also wowed her to win others. He wanted her little story to be shared so that others would come to see him so that he could save others. 
That's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? Some of you are thinking, man, that's the shortest sermon I've ever heard. We're not done yet. That's the point. That is, that is I guess, Bible teaching at its simplest. I paraphrased the story, and I gave you what you needed to know. And it perfectly illustrates what Ronnie was talking about last Sunday, sharing our wow moments. Now I need to tell you something. Over the last two months, nine weeks of this series, I have, I have been fixated on a couple of wow moments in my life. Okay, and, and I don't know why this happened. I mean, from the very, the very first staff meeting where we discussed that this was the series, this was what we were going to be doing, and we all started, you know, working our pieces and, and everything with Ronnie and sitting down. We talked with Ronnie about the messages and stuff. Ever since then, I've just been fixated on these couple of wow moments that I've had in my life. And these were the pretty outlandish stories, right? God did something pretty incredible for me, you know, borderline crazy. That was the ones that I thought about. And, and I just, man, for... Nine weeks, those are the ones, those are the stories that I've had in my mind. Uh, but Monday night, I'm, I'm sitting there working on this message that I, you know, for you guys this morning. And I, this was my big question, okay? I'm sitting there in front of a blank Word document. It's 8.30 at night. Brittany's asleep in the chair, looking very uncomfortable and snoring. And, and I'm sitting there, and I said it like 12 times last service because she was in here. I just kept saying over and over she was snoring. And uh, she loved it. Um, and so there she is, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, man, what do I say to people, God? What do I say to people to get them to share their wow moments with people? What could I possibly say to motivate you guys, encourage you, whatever word you, you want to, to use there, to get us to share our wow moments with others so that they'll come to see you, and because they come to see you, that they'll be saved by you? What do I do? What do I say? And I'll be honest, and I always, man, I always am very introspective when I start in a message like this. And so I was asking myself, thinking about those couple of wow moments that I've been fixated on for nine weeks. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, did I share those like I should have? You know? Well, did I, did I go and tell everyone about these couple of wow moments I've got right here? Have I done a good job sharing them? And I was sitting there, man, I'm just thinking about these things, and, and I'm sitting there with, you know, just... This literally this white light on my face, and all of a sudden it just dawned on me. I was like, man, two wow moments? And right about the time I thought that, I felt God speak to me, and he said, man, he said, is that all, Tim? Your whole life, is that all? Are these, is this what it's boiled down to? Is these couple of wow moments that you've been thinking about for the last two months? And I knew the right answer. Okay? I knew what the right answer was. The right answer was, of course not, God. Of course not. But I literally, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't process anything. I couldn't process any more moments or anything. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I don't think so. But when what qualifies as a wow moment. That's what happened in my brain. All of a sudden, I just started having just a flood, a rush of moments. 
I mean, it was crazy. Here for nine weeks, I've been, I've been sitting here thinking about these two stories, and I had this rush of moments in my, just come to me instantly. And I mean, I started typing. I turned on this song. This song started playing. I've, I've probably had this song on my iTunes for like a month, and it started playing. I put that sucker on repeat because I'd never listened to words before, and it was just perfect, and I was crying. And for four hours, you can ask my wife, for four hours I sat there, and I wrote down a list of wow moments. It was just incredibly long, pages long. And I knew exactly what I needed to say to you this morning. Eleven years ago this year, I met Jesus. Standing in the middle of Sertoma Field at Praise Week, I had a legitimate Jesus encounter the first of my life. Jesus had been drawing me to him for a few months. I've been coming to church, you know, kind of off and on. And a guy shared a message that I believe came straight from Jesus to me. Now, I'll be honest with you. It might have been for other people that were there. Uh, I don't really remember. I, don't, it, I knew it was for me, though. You know what I mean? Like, I knew it was for me that night. And today, looking back, I still know it was for me. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of what this guy taught that night. Jesus loves you anyway. That was the message. I want to tell you, man, it messed me up. If I ever felt like I met Jesus face to face, it was that night. I met Christ and he completely changed the direction of my life. Where I was going was abruptly halted and a new roadmap appeared. The path I was on was diverted. I'll be honest with you, it was like this, okay? It was like, if I had to come up with an example, and this is not really even that good, but it's, you know, it's a worldly thing we can come up with. Say you're driving down the road, okay? And you see this hot now Krispy Kreme sign on. Okay? You dive, you know, you lock it up, and you jump two lanes to get over there. That's what it was like for me that night. I mean, nothing will change the course of your day like Jesus and a hot now sign that's lit up. That's not really a good comparison, but you know what I'm saying. That's what it was like. I remember how it felt. It was an incredible moment in my life. Who I was going to be from that day forward was exchanged for someone different. Frankly, someone a lot better. The life that lay in store for me took on a, a new writer. I'll put it to you this way. I had been, you know, writing the script of my life for so long, but all of a sudden I just handed over authorship to another guy. I remember what it felt like to do that. I'll never forget that night because I remember, I remember for the first time in my life feeling true acceptance. I'll be honest with you, I didn't need it. Said I didn't want it for most of my life, from ages of 13 to 19 especially. But then I felt it. And I remember what it felt like. I remember feeling like Jesus was telling me that he loved me. He said, come to me exactly as you are and I'll hold you and I'll love you forever. Forever, Nothing will ever take you away from me and nothing will change the way I feel about you. And I discovered something about myself. I wanted that. And I needed that. I wanted that more than anything I've ever wanted I remember that first encounter, uh, and this, I think this happens with a lot of us, man, right after you get saved, uh, especially, uh, but right after I got saved, I remember this, this day, man, and I, was just, and I was just feeling like junk, and I was dealing with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame about stuff that I have done in my past. And it just, it just happened. And, and some of y'all, y'all felt that before. I was just, I was just really dealing with, with mistakes that I made and everything. But I remember that day feeling my first real grace moment you know what i mean and i remember it with salvation 
But I, I, I just remember that I was just so down in the dumps that day. And I remember it feeling like just having this moment where I felt Jesus talk to me. And he said, man, yeah, you made mistakes. You made a lot of mistakes. You and everybody else. I got you. I remember understanding that for the first time in my life. I paid the price for you. It's a clean slate. It's a fresh start. Quit acting like you don't have one. I remember learning it was possible to know God. I remember uh, learning uh, that from Ronnie, actually. Sitting, sitting in church, you know, listening to Ronnie teach. And he was teaching on how to, how to use the Bible. And I, and I can remember just, I think he had already, I mean, he'd already said this and already moved on. But just all of a sudden it dawned on me that I could know who God is. And that not only that, that God wanted me to know who he was. I remember that moment. I remember the first thing I ever learned about God. I actually don't remember what it was or the day that it happened. And I'm sure probably like lots of other Christians already knew whatever it was I learned about God. Probably scholars had wrote books on it or whatever. But I remember sitting there one day, reading my Bible because I was, I was really wanting to get to know God. I was excited about that. And I remember feeling like God held his finger on a line. Because he wanted me to know something about him. I remember what it felt like to learn that first thing about him. It was a wow moment for me. I remember learning countless little things about him over the years. I remember learning he's always right. I learned that one the hard way. I remember learning God had a sense of humor. Some of you here, man, you might not think God has a sense of humor. You're wrong. Uh, he can't make this. And I have a sense of humor. I'll tell you this story. i got to tell you this story real quick. Man, I remember learning that God had a sense of humor, and I learned it in a tree stand of all places. Okay? And uh, I went in this place in the dark, and I'll tell you this is another whole wow moment, but I I was actually hunting the place where I now live, which is just crazy, but I ain't got time for that. Uh, But I'm in this tree stand. I go in blind, you know, in the dark. I climb this tree. You know, the sun comes up, and I realize that I have no cover and that I'm like 10 feet off the ground because I'm a weenie, okay? And... um, and so I'm sitting up in this tree stand, and this doe, like, she comes walking right under me. And I'm, like, literally, I could, like, kick her in the head almost is what it feels like. And so I'm just sitting there, and, and you know how you fake pray, especially when you're a young Christian? I, and I was kind of young at this time. Uh, you fake pray. You know what I'm talking about? That's when you, like, say, like, uh, this is what I said in that stand. I said, please, God, don't let her see me. But I ain't really thinking about the fact that I'm talking to God. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really praying. But I was like, please, God, don't. And so she's coming, she comes right under my stand and she stands there for 17 hours, I kid you not. (laughs) Nothing but the truth from here, guys. Um, Like five minutes or something, but it felt like eternity, literally. And so she turns, and like after five minutes, I mean, I'm a nervous wreck, she starts to walk past me, you know what I'm saying? And so like, once her head gets past me, I know, I'm pretty much in the clear. And so she walks and I lean down and I go, thank you, God. And like phlegm was in my throat and when I said God I coughed a little and she just went like that and I mean I'm not sure that she roared but I think she did and uh and it was in you know leaves and everything else and I hit my gun when she jumped I hit it and my gun went like this you know going out of the stand I grabbed my gun all right like I'm about to fall out of the tree stand or have an aneurysm, one of the two. She's, of course, like, what's that tree doing? So she takes off. 
and all of these other deer that I had no idea were in the world left. And I get my gun, sit back down on the chair, and I'm just trembling like this. And I hear this whisper. I, I mean, it, was this, it wasn't audible, but it was, man. I swear it was like God got down in my ear and said, well, that's not my fault. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the truth. The deer hunt was over, okay? And I started laughing. I mean, laughing, cackling, tearing up. But I remember what was so special about that. It was for the first time in my life, I really 100% felt like God was sitting in the tree stand with me laughing. Like we were having a good laugh, and he was laughing at me because I'm an idiot. (laughs) But it completely changed the way I looked at him. Because I had had such a different view of him for so long. God has led me in so many ways. He's led me through many challenges. He's led me to be a good husband. I'm just going to throw that one out there. You can ask Brittany if you want to later on if you see her. You know, I asked her in the first service, and of course she had to say yes. Not a perfect husband, but a good husband. You see, over the course of my marriage, I've had wow moment after wow moment that made me a good husband. Tell you a couple real quick. I remember the day that God let me know that he was going to have to start taking some things away from me so I could love my wife the way she deserved. I remember that. I remember that moment. I remember a moment where I stood up on the upstairs of the house and I was looking down at Brittany on the first floor and she's hugging a bunch of friends and family and all of a sudden, like a light bulb cut on in my brain, I promise you, like a light bulb cut on in my brain, I felt God tell me something that I was taking for granted about my wife. And it changed our marriage. There have been wow moment after wow moment that helped keep my marriage intact, protect my marriage. He led me to be a dad. 16 months and six days ago, he relieved fears that I've had pretty much my whole life. I'm going to be honest. I, I was terrified that I didn't have the right stuff to be a dad. Okay? And that's a very personal thing, but I was terrified. Uh, for the months up to Andy being born, I was plagued with the idea of two things, basically. Number one, I was going to hate it. I was going to hate being a dad. And number two, that because I hated it, I was going to be bad at it. But 16 months ago, I had this moment. little girl was born. I saw her for the first time, and I'll never forget, man, they put her up in my arms, and I held her, and I remember feeling like God put his arm around me, he said, you feel that? You'll be fine. I remember, you know, you know how you have a child, man, it's like you're in a fog for at least, you know, eight months or something, and, but I remember, um, I remember being, you know, kind of coming out of that fog finally, you know, and, uh, and I was rocking Andy, she was asleep in my arms, and I had been singing some songs and stuff to her, some worship, some goofy songs, I mean, just whatever, you know, I'm just, we're just up there, it's just me and her, and I remember this moment where I felt like God came into that room with me, 
and for the and just all of a sudden, like I like I haven't had a child for the last few months or whatever, but just all of a sudden I felt like looking at her that I understood more than I ever had in my entire life how God feels about me. And changing and and, and calling him my father and calling myself his child took on a new meaning. I remember that moment. He's not only led me to do certain things or, and, and to uh, change certain things about myself and taught me different things, but he's blessed me in spite of my failures and inconsistencies. Every time I turn, I've turned to him for help, he's followed through in one way or another. Maybe not the way I thought, maybe not the way I hoped, but definitely he's followed through. Financially, I can name time after time in my life where he has, uh, he's provided for us, either through a side job or through uh, somebody just giving us something, you know, or uh, through our employers. We have been, we have, we have lived not went with that i could name time after time where we thought we were going to though i remember uh times where i needed strength where i got it i remember times when i needed peace and comfort when i got it from him i remember dealing with loss and needing him and getting that i remember begging him i want you to tell you this one too man because it's such a big one in my life i remember begging god to give me the power to forgive for years I remember I prayed every which way all the stuff that Ronnie taught you know from his you know in his in this past series I prayed every which way I knew I tried everything I could possibly try I even did stuff I knew I wasn't supposed to do like ignored and you know just vent all you know vent at other people or whatever I did everything I knew to do to try to move on from this begging God to help me forgive and I remember the day I remember the day like it was yesterday uh, when I had the opportunity to unleash finally it was coming. I knew it. I could unleash. I could let them have it. I could tell them like it is. I was going to explode like a rocket. I remember that day. And I remember stepping up and being ready to do it. And all of a sudden, not doing it. And realizing that I couldn't do it. And I didn't want to. Because in all those years, when I thought God was doing nothing... Little did I know that he had taken me to a place where I could forgive enough to move on. Now that was a moment. You want to know what I learned Monday night? Somebody say, what? Thanks. I learned that God has worked in every facet of my life, every iota, every detail. There's not one spot over the last 11 years where I can look and not see that he was there. Every dark time had a ray of light in it. Every great time he was there. For the last 11 years of my life, God's involvement has been constant and unrelenting. And the saddest part is is that I thought this whole series about two wow moments that I've had with God. And I was wrong. Because I've had a lot had many all these wow moments are the undeniable proof of the involvement of God in my life they are the promise of more to come in the future and they are the substantiation of hope that I have all God has done for me has most definitely been good for me absolutely wonderful for me but if what we learned last Sunday from Ronnie and the example we saw in the story 
first this morning are true, then those moments aren't just for us. And my moments weren't just for me. God wows us to win us, but he also wows us to win others. I want to stop here for a second. What do you see when you look back at your life? Some of you, I know, were like me, man. You were thinking about a wild moment or two or whatever. Maybe you thought you didn't even have any or whatever. But if you look back at your life, do you see what I saw in mine? And that is time after time, Jesus working in my life and doing incredible things. Some of them were just for me. They didn't affect anybody. It wasn't some massive healing or anything. Some of them were just enough for me. Little nudges that I needed. But they wowed me and they changed my life forever. That's what qualifies as a wow moment. I was impressed. I was amazed at what he did when I look back at my life. I'd like to kind of issue this challenge this morning, if I may. Look back at your life and really see the wow moments where they are. Really look. Think about it. Make sure that you see all the times he's been there. Make sure you see all the struggles he's helped you through. Make sure you see how big of a difference he's made in your marriage, how big of a difference he's made in your children's lives. Make sure that you see the difference that Jesus has made in your life. Make sure you see all the moments where he stepped in there for you. Make sure you see all the moments where he's protected you. Make sure you you see all of the love that he has shown you. And then once you see all of that, once you've taken the time to see all of that, then learn how to start sharing it and start sharing it. I want to tell you this, man. Ray and Ronnie talked about it last week, and it, it's tough, man. When as soon as you, you know, you always feel like people tense up, and sometimes it might be a little bit us, but it tense up when you start telling them something to do, you know. And I, I don't want you to feel that way this morning. I don't want you to get tense because I want you to make sure you understand something. This is the simplest way it can be. You do not have to know theology. You do not have to be willing to discuss heaven and hell. You do not have to discuss the Trinity. You don't have to talk about the lineage of Jesus and why that's important. You don't have to do any of that. Let me tell you what you have to be able to do. You have to know what happened in your life, and you have to know what Jesus did in it, and then you get to share that. That's it. It's it's not any more complicated. No more, no less. What did Jesus do for you? That's what you talk about. And I want to tell you the coolest part is you're talking about this stuff anyway already. You're already, when you're with friends or when you're at work or whatever, you're going to talk about marriage. You're going to talk about your children. You're going to talk about parenting, aren't you? You're going to talk about struggles you've had. You're going to talk about money. These are all things. This is what you talk about. If you're not talking about sports, you're talking about one of these things. Or shopping. Or whatever. Most of the time, you'll be amazed at how much these conversations revolve around just general life stuff. And then I want to challenge you in this way. Talk about it. Put Jesus where he has always been anyway, right smack dab in the middle of your life. Because he was there doing it. Don't omit him when you tell the stories. 
Don't omit him when you talk about your marriages, when you talk about your finances, when you talk about anything and everything of your life. Because I'm here to tell you, if you're like me, you look back and you can see that he was there in every part of it. Does that make sense? Jesus should be the punctuation of our lives. I mean, you should, you should use him when you say that, when you're talking about things, to go, Jesus. And I want to tell you, man, you want to know why? You want to know why my marriage is so good? Jesus. You know, I tell you, I love my wife, but I tell you how I really know to love my wife, Jesus. You know, I want to tell you how I, you know, I, I tell you, getting patience with having patience with my children is so challenging, but I'm telling you, man, Jesus, I just keep asking him to try to build that in me. Put him there where he belongs. And make sure that you're seeing all the wow moments for where they are. Make sure you see them all. If you will, everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray this prayer, man, and it's actually that song, the song that I mentioned earlier, the song that I listened to for four hours while I wrote out my wow moments. The lyrics of this song, just over and over, this is what it says. It says, my heart is the wick, wick like a candle wick. My heart is the wick. Your love is the flame. And I want to burn for your name. And I'm going to tell you, you hear preachers say this all the time. You hear preachers talking about shining for Jesus. Let your light shine. And, of course, that's in the Bible. And, and I'm telling you, you hear that all the time. But I want to encourage you to do something. I, we have a choice today. Without overcomplicating it, we have a choice to just share what Jesus has done in our lives. I'm going to tell you, when you do that, every time he hands you a wow moment, he's handing you a flame. And you have the choice of hiding that flame or extinguishing that flame or taking and turning it into the darkness in the world around you. Because I'm telling you, people need to hear what Jesus is doing. Because if they hear what Jesus is doing, they will come to see him. And when they see him and meet him, they will be unable to move away from him. Because he will save them. That's how beautiful it is. That's how simple it is. Father, I just, I just want to praise you this morning. Praise you for who you are and how incredible you are. And I want to thank you, man, for the well moments you've shown me. I just pray, God, you continue to show them to me. You continue to let me see where you've worked and what you've done so that I can be amazed by you constantly. I can be amazed by you daily. But God, I want to pray that for everyone that's sitting here in front of me too this morning, that they will see every aspect of their lives, where you've been and what you've been doing. They will truly see how much... uh, how much involvement you had in their life. And once they see how much you've been involved, once they see how amazing you've been in their life, that they will turn around and share that with the world around them. That they won't feel intimidated. They won't choose to omit you because it might feel weird to say it. 
But they'll just talk about you. Talk about what you've done in their life. Talk about how you've made the difference in their life. And God, Jesus, I'm just telling you, if we will do this, I believe this. I believe people will come to see you, and I believe people will come to know you. I thank you for who you are, how you have worked in my life. I pray that I'm always humbled by that. God, I know we're coming up here on Easter and we're just a couple of weeks away. I just pray, God, that you will reveal to us opportunities where we can share, because where we can share these wow moments we've had in our life. We can share how big a difference you made. Help us, you know, if there's a way, God, that you can do that over the next couple of weeks and just give us those opportunities, we want to do it. We want to we show you off. Help this to become something that's built into our life. Help our first inclination be to share you with others. Because you are good, you are active, and we are thankful. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Guys, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being here this morning. I hope you have a great day. Looks like it's raining, so maybe you get to like take a nap or whatever and catch up. Have a great week.